Howdy, and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. So it's been a while. Sorry. Uh, I have no excuse. Well, I do. I have a whole bunch of excuses, but none of them are real. So we'll just kind of bypass all of that. It is a glorious, warm spring day here in Southern Arizona. And I have a board and train German Shepherd napping next to me. And my wild and crazy puppy is upstairs asleep. So we're going to cross our fingers and hope that that continues. I won't talk loud, <laughs> so I don't want to wake up the demon dog. Uh, speaking of the demon dog, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit today about some behaviors that she came with that I find frustrating and how it is that I'm going to address them because I think it's important sometimes as trainers, often we look at behavior and we explain it to owners in a way that we know makes sense. Like you train this thing and the dog will do X, but we also understand that there's a whole bunch of background stuff that has to happen as well. And sometimes we're not super great about explaining that or making that really clear. And so then the owners fail and you know, they blame the trainer or they blame the dog or they blame themselves. And honestly, it's just a, a failure on the trainer's part to adequately express the depth of kind of the lifestyle necessary to, to get certain behaviors to function the way we want them to. So the behavior we're going to talk about today, which is our April challenge, I will do a live on Facebook probably in the next day or two to introduce our live, but it will be on recall, coming when called. Because Matilda not only flips you the doggy bird when you say her name, she actively avoids coming near you. She, oh my God, it's just breathtakingly frustrating. If you call her name, even in the house, she runs away. And obviously this is a taught behavior and it's not because her mommy was mean to her before I got her. It's because... A lifestyle choice was made by her previous owner and without understanding the repercussions and we've she accidentally created this little monster and Matilda is kind of a little monster she's super crazy fast super crazy active and she now recognizes recall as as a game of keep away that you can have zero chance, zero chance of winning. So Matilda is on house arrest. She cannot go anywhere without a 15 foot line, which is, oh my, it's just a nightmare for me uh, because I have this incredibly active little border collie puppy and she has to be on a 15 foot line, which means that there is no doggy play for her except for what little bit uh, Cody allows in the house. There's very little outdoor rampaging because it's a 15 foot line. But if I let her off, she immediately bolts down to the sheep and then I have to go capture her like she's a wild feral animal. And that just reinforces her understanding that having a human being close to her means a loss of fun stuff. So I don't want to keep reinforcing that. I want to be the person who delivers fun stuff, not the person who destroys the awesomeness of fun stuff. So let's talk about recall and break it into pieces so that it makes sense. 
So the first piece is the actual training. And that is the easy part. That's the part where you either look on a video or your trainer explains to you how to set up a recall situation and you practice the behavior. So, you know, that could be multiple ways. Um, there's a paper plate recall where you put a treat on paper plate and dog goes paper plate, call the dog away. Uh, there's the popcorn recall, which I use, which is you drop the treat on the floor, you run away, you call your dog, you pay your dog, you drop the treat on the floor, you run away, blah, blah, blah. So there, there are, and there are easily, you know, 50 methods that we can use to train a recall using rewards-based systems. So that's the first thing. And that's the easy part. And that is sometimes where people stop. They they do the thing and they set up the picture and they're like, well, okay, I trained my dog to, to recall, but that's actually the, a teeny, teeny part of, of teaching your dog to come when called. And unfortunately, it's the easy part. The hard part, which is the rest of the picture, is the minute by minute lifestyle of creating a recall that your dog understands and cares about. So... I'm going to give a bunch of examples, bear with me, and I'm going to hopefully walk you through this. So the first is, I want every time I call my dog's name to be incredibly relevant for my dog. I want it to be meaningful. I want them to hear their name and say, ooh, something is happening that I care about and I want to see why she's calling my name. I don't want to call my dog's name for bad things. So that would be putting him in a crate, putting him away, giving him a bath, putting them in the car if they get car sick, ending the fun, ending the fun when they go down to the sheep when they shouldn't. And now I'm having to go get them. That is removing the bad thing or removing the good things with my recall, which I don't want to do. Eventually, yes, I can absolutely do that with my recall. But for right now, I can't do that. And I, I don't want to do that because I need to build this behavior and I mean, need to make it breathtakingly strong. The second situation or the second part of this is you don't ever want to create a situation where you are calling your dog and you have zero chance of your dog responding to you. So right now, uh, little Matilda ignores me if she's more than a foot and a half away and I don't have a long line on her or can clearly demonstrate to her that I have something that she wants, such as food or a treat or access to the indoors or the outdoors or, or whatever. So that's incredibly problematic. And because of that, I'm not going to set myself up in a situation where I need to call her name and she has the opportunity to blow me off because all that does is reinforce her understanding that recall means run away or avoid the human or whatever that means. So how do these work in the real world? So I'm going to use Matilda as an example because I've been living with this for the last month now and it is incredibly difficult to deal with a very high energy puppy who's literally on house arrest because she can't be entrusted to be outside for two minutes without taking off down to the sheep and trying to break into the sheep pens. And so she's on a 15 foot line all the time. So that's the first part. And yes, it sucks. No, it's not fun. It's not fun for her. It's not fun for me. It's not fun for the dogs who constantly get tangled in her line when she's trying to play with them. But it's better than the alternative, which is her taking off and me being ignored, which is not a situation I want to set up. So the first thing we do is in the house, we practice those exact same setups that you would practice with your trainer or you find online through 
you know, YouTube. We practice the recall setups. I say her name, I give her a treat. I say her name, I give her a treat, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we make it fun. You know, I'll say her name and run away. I'll say her name and, you know, whatever. It's just, it's constantly saying her name and making sure that that is followed by something kick-ass, something that she really, really desires. The second thing is making sure that when I do say her name, it's relevant. I'm not just saying it for the hell of it. It's not something for something bad. So I'll say her name when I'm going outdoors. I'll say her name when we're changing direction, when we're walking so that she has information that's relevant. I'll say her name for dinner. I'll say her name for a treat. You know, you get it. So in all of that, I'm not saying her name for bad things. Uh, if we go down to the sheep and we're going to leave, I don't call her. I have a 15, I have a 15 foot lead. I don't need to call her. I'm just going to enter fun silently. It just goes away. It does not go away with a recall first, but while I'm down at the sheep, I can practice recalls with super yummy treats if she would take them close to the sheep, which she'll take them about mm, 50 feet away from the sheep. So if I'm working 50 feet away from the sheep pens with a super yummy treat, I can practice recalls. And then as she keeps recalling to me, I can keep progressively moving closer and closer to the sheep. So she's getting paid as it were, both for coming to me, both by the reward of me feeding her and the reward of her getting incrementally closer to the thing that she really wants, which is the sheep. Cause I can't reward her with a sheep. Um, we're not doing any training at this age. She's still too young. Uh, she's seven months old and she has no recall. I'm not putting a dog without recall on my stock. Uh, she's, and she doesn't really see me as a relevant piece of the picture. We're going to talk about that in, in, in a future podcast, cause that is incredibly important and problematic with this particular puppy. So that's kind of setting up the understanding that when to use a recall, uh, make sure that you can enforce it and make sure that you're not setting yourself up in a situation where it's unenforceable or it's a bad thing that you're asking your dog to do. The next thing is where do you go? You know, the, the big trouble with a dog like her is she's not stupid and she the second I take that long line off, she's going to recognize that she's free and she's going to take off down to the stock. And so in her world, because this is a practice behavior and it's been going on for a very long time, well, as long as it can be going on in a seven-month-old puppy, we, but with huge rewards at the end, uh, you know, ignoring me just in the month or so she's been here has netted her the ability to hang out with a sheep or go outside and stay outside and continue playing ball with her sisters. And that's not what I want. I need her to think I'm super cool. So part of that is honestly in the house, we are building, constantly building on our relationship and constantly building a desire to be near me. We're doing orientation games. And if she checks out, the game ends. And that's it. You're done. You, you're, you know, you're in your crate or you're, you know, you're in your kennel or what have you. You don't get to choose to leave. Uh, it's not an option because recall is incredibly important. Without a recall, I, she cannot have the life that my other dogs have, which is running free and having fun and being a dog. And it it really sucks for me uh, because, like I said, it, it's just it's miserable having this dog on this on this 15 foot line all the time. But I cannot have a situation, even in the house, where if you call her, she's just like peace out and she runs away. So 
Uh, I have to make the recall relevant to her. I have to make sure that it's enforceable. And by enforceable, all I mean is if I call her name and she ignores me, all I have to do is reel her in like a fish. It's not the optimal way to go, but it's better than the alternative, which is her taking off and us playing a stupid game that I can't win. Um, so that's the part of recall that sometimes, I think most trainers, we all understand it. But I think it's harder to explain to, to owners uh, we think that we'll just train this behavior in a classroom setting with long lines and you know, all the puppies lined up and a treat. And that's great. That teaches the concept of a, of a recall. It teaches them what that behavior looks like. Where it falls apart is if in the house, a recall means you're always going to, it's always going to be followed by going into the crate. I'm going to grab you and take something away from you. I'm going to grab you and take the ball away from you. I'm going to grab you and the fun ends. I'm going to end the fun at the dog park, et cetera. If a recall only means you're destroying my fun, it doesn't matter how much you practice it in those setups. And your dog might do great in those setups because those setups have no relevance. They are completely disconnected from the real world. The real world is the place where the dog self-reinforces for blowing you off. So there's nothing wrong with getting a 15-foot long line. There's nothing wrong with carrying treats on you all the time if you have to. I mean, we're having to do that, or I'm having to do that with Matilda. Uh, because playing with her is not that rewarding for her. So for right now, uh, until I, me personally, am super rewarding for her, I'm going to have to go with, well, food works. And that means my other dogs are getting a lot of extra treats because they're like, Mom, I see that you have food and we exist. So please pay attention to us. So again, the biggest takeaways I hope that you get from this incredibly brief little podcast let as it were, is there's far, far more to recall training than setting up recall training in a sterile environment or in your house and just practicing it. That's not, that's the beginning. That's the step, the first step to teach you how to do it. But the most important step is that day-to-day ins and outs of living with your dog and using that recall judiciously and with meaning. So I don't call my dog when she's into something I don't want her into. You know, if she's chewing something she shouldn't chew, I don't call her then. Um, I might say, hey, I use an interrupter word, get her head up, then I'll try to get her on something else. But I'm not going to say her name. I'm not going to call her away. I don't want to use that recall frivolously. I want to make sure that it has incredible meaning and is very, very relevant to my dog and when they hear it they're like "Ooh, what adventures are coming now so in her case I'll use a recall and go outside to the sheep and therefore she's like aha recall means go to the sheep but when I leave the sheep I don't use a recall because I she's on a 15 foot line and and I'm just going to turn around and walk away and She's going to follow because she's on a 15-foot line. Now, as she gets better at it, we can start adding the recall. But at this point, the last thing I want to do is poison that cue and turn it into something that she finds distasteful because she already does. So that's the other thing is be aware if you've wrecked your cue. Uh, I'm only using her name, and that's usually what I'll use for all my dogs. It's just their name. But if you use fluffy cum, and fluffy cum now means to your dog, ignore the owner or run away or, ooh, let's play keep away, hang it up, put that, put that word away, put it in your pocket, it's gone, go with something completely unrelated and ensure that you're in a situation where the dog understands that 
fluffy come means drop everything and come running to me. Dogs don't speak English, so they're not ignoring you. That's the definition they've associated with come is, you know, like I said, Matilda recognizes me kind of saying Matilda come here as, oh, you you want me for something that I don't want to do. And so I'm going to evade you and I'm going to keep distance. Like this morning we were playing ball and she never once brought the ball back to me. She would drop the ball about 30 feet away so that Ruby, my Aussie, would bring it to me. Because probably at some point, that's how her mom, probably her former mom, probably trapped her into going back in the house (laughs) because she's a super active puppy and she doesn't want to stop playing. And it's not about, oh, well, this is good for you. She doesn't give a crap about that. You know, she's a puppy. So even if we understand it as a good thing, you're going to go in your crate and take a nap. She understands it as an end to to a wonderful thing. And even a person with the best of intentions, uh, I'm sure her former owner had great intentions. And and I know she did because she did a lot of work with this puppy. But in this one particular case, she just kind of fell in the wrong direction with it and created a monster. And yeah, it is what it is. And so hopefully if you are on Facebook, you can join us. We, like I said, I'll do a live and we'll do a bunch of training uh, stuff along the lines of recall and you'll kind of get to see her progression. And because her behavior has been reinforced and because her behavior has been practiced, it's not going to be easy. Um, I'm probably going to have to struggle with her recall for a very long time to make it like my other dogs. And part of that is a relationship. Like I said, we're going to talk about that in another podcast. Uh, But a lot of it is just rehearsed behavior on her part. So, okay, well, this was very brief and hopefully is kind of relevant. And if you like our podcast, please like, rate, review, and comment. (laughs) I got them all. Uh, You can follow me on my personal uh, Facebook page. That is Empire Ridge Ranch on Facebook. That's my website as well. I think that's it. Have a good afternoon, evening, drive, whatever, and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.